0: Hey, kids! Happy Friday! ha We're getting closer and closer to Turkey Day. It's Friday, November the 16th, and we are the new Channel Q, and you found us on 103.1 FM in Palm Springs, 97.3 in San Francisco, 94.1 in Las Vegas, 97.1 here in Los Angeles, 94.7 in Sacramento, 101.5 in Phoenix, and, of course, on Radio.com. Happy Thanksgiving. Almost. And boy, do we have a lot to be grateful for. All right, let me tell you what we're going to do today. So in the first segment, the first hour, we're having a couple of health fitness experts come on the show. Incredible woman, incredible man. who are going to talk about how to stay uh, trim and fit and healthy over the holidays. Because let's face it, that pumpkin pie is waiting next week. And all the ginger snap cookies and the holiday tamales and and everything else that you're going to want to eat and drink and we got to stay healthy over the holidays. Yes, you can have a cheat day. You just can't have a whole cheat month or you'll fall the pieces. So we're going to talk about staying healthy and fit yeah, in the upcoming holidays, and then in the second segment, we invited a couple of seniors from the LGBT Triangle Square housing here in Hollywood. Uh, some of our uh, older adults here in the LGBT community to talk about what it's like to age with grace and dignity, of which I don't think I'll be capable of doing, but to age with grace and dignity and um, living at Triangle Square, and of course their own lives coming out at a time when it was incredibly difficult to come out as LGBT. But before we get to all that, (laughs) have we got something to be grateful for. Oh my gosh. Okay, so last week we did a little post-election wrap, but. They hadn't finished counting the votes. Here we are a week later, they're still counting votes because the knucklehead president can't understand why all the results aren't in. Well, sir, we're the state of California. We've got about 40 million people. Los Angeles County alone has more people than 24 of the states in the United States. So. It takes us a little longer sir to count millions and millions and millions of votes and you know what here in California we make sure that every vote gets counted but here's the heads up here is the heads up another seat flipped up in the Central Valley from uh, Republican to Democrat meaning that the Central Valley in California now has all Democratic representation but wait if if you're driving don't don't wheel off the road on what I'm about to say but for the first time in history, it appears that Orange County, California, Orange County, home of the John Wayne Airport, Orange County, home of the Reagan Revolution, Orange County, home for the uh, former white Aryan resistance and the KKK of Southern California, Orange County, California, in January, it appears that the votes continue to come in as they're coming in, will have five Democratic members of Congress and zero Republicans. Yeah, yes, yes. Can you believe this? The County of Orange will have five Democrats in the United States House. I cannot even put my head around this news. <clears throat> when I cut my teeth in politics, I was living in Orange County. I tell people I did time in Orange County because that's what it felt like for 10 years. And in these Orange County suburbs, they had cavemen as their representative, basically Neanderthals as their representatives who were attempting to turn the clocks back. This is the home of the John Birch Society, the white Aryan resistance, uh, the anti-tax movement. Uh, They named an airport after John Wayne, for goodness sakes. So conservative, the county has completely flipped by sending five Democrats to the U.S. Congress. I never in my wildest days thought I would see that. And why did that happen? Why did that happen? Well, Donald J. Trump, I would like to thank you for creating an all-Democratic delegation in the county of Orange in California because it was you, sir, That created the dynamics because of your politics and your racism and your misogyny and your xenophobia and your attack on immigrants and on Muslims and on LGBT people and your attack on good Americans everywhere that for the first time. Los Angeles County now has zero Republicans in the U.S. Congress, and Orange County, California has zero Republicans in the U.S. Congress. A solid blue wall in Southern California, and you, sir, are the reason why. If we had had a President Jeb Bush, probably wouldn't have happened. If we'd had a President Hillary Clinton, probably wouldn't have happened. But because of your extremism, For the first time in history, suburban women, suburban Republican women were as horrified as the rest of us, and educated men in places like Irvine and Fullerton and Huntington Beach all said the same thing that we've been saying here in the urban centers. Enough. This is crazy. We've got to put a check and a balance on this lunatic in the White House. And it appears at the end of the day that we are not only gonna have a blue wave in the US Congress, we're gonna have a friggin' tsunami. Because by the time all the votes get counted, and they're still counting, another seat flipped in Maine, another seat flipped in the Midwest, and now these seats are flipping in Orange County and they're still counting, and it appears the Democrats are gonna flip 40 seats That is almost a historic record. It's unbelievable. And Donald J. Trump, you are the one to be thanked. And on election, the day after the election, sir, you were crowing about your electoral success. And apparently for the past week, you have been brooding in the White House, brooding. You couldn't even go out in the rain to recognize those who sacrificed their lives in World War I because you were so brooding about what possibly happened, sir, look in the mirror. And the Republican Party, they have attached themselves to you and your identity and your image and your politics, and they are suffering incredible electoral defeats. And hopefully, if there are any moderates left in the Republican Party who care about the preservation of your party, you will unlink, detach, unhinge yourself from Donald Trump as soon as possible or you will lose the U.S. Senate in 2020. The only reason you kept it this time is because there were more Democrats and red states up for re-election than not. In 2020, the reverse is true. There will be twice as many Republicans at risk. And if you want to continue like a speeding train heading to a brick wall, go right ahead, ladies and gentlemen of the Republican Party. You want to keep on going down that track, go right ahead. We will happily keep the House and take the U.S. Senate and the White House and put a progressive agenda back forward for America and make America what it always is and was, and that is great. And we didn't need people in red hats to tell us that we needed to make America great again. Seriously, guys, I, I watch your rallies. Come on. Could you get to a gym? Please, for God's sake. I I don't wanna say it, but looking at you, you are not a representation of the America that I know and love. Looking at the faces of the US Congress today, more women than ever before. More women of color than ever before. First two Muslims elected to the U.S. Congress. First two Native American women elected to the U.S. Congress. The voice of America spoke on Election Day, Donald Trump. And you can brood, sir. The rest of us are just thankful and grateful. You're listening to Channel Q here at uh, Out Now.
1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: Welcome back. And you're listening to us on the new Channel Q in Palm Springs, San Francisco, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Sacramento, Phoenix, and Radio.com. Happy Thanksgiving week. Thank you all for letting me just ramble about Thanksgiving and gratitude in the last segment. And as promised, we're going to spend the next period of time here. Talking about diet and health and nutrition, because let's face it, I know I'm going to want pumpkin pie next Thursday, and you are too, and I know I'm going to want to eat badly. and. I have a trainer, and he holds me accountable, and he's actually here today, the T.J. Wilk, and along with the lovely Jessica Schatz, and we're going to talk about health and diet over the holidays. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Mr. Happy Durant. to be here. Great to have you. Jessica, you were telling me you your blog was focusing on this exact issue. Yeah. I
2: wrote a blog for this issue called Healthy Holiday Habits because we all want to enjoy the holidays. It's about friends and family and food, and good news is you can have all three without derailing your health and fitness goals. You just have to apply some very simple strategies. Such as? Such as. Here's a few. a few of my favorites. Mindful eating, which when you're sitting around the table with your friends and family or whomever, put your fork down between every bite of food. Let there be time for your body to signal to your brain that you're enjoying this meal that you're enjoying the people around you your dopamine serotonin levels go up those are the happiness hormones yes I and, know those. <laughs> yes and you'll feel relaxed and you're much um you're much more motivated to make better choices that way the other really important one is never show up hungry the worst thing you can do is starve yourself all day thinking that Oh, the food is going to be there for me then, so I can just have whatever I want. You're much more likely to make poor decisions. Your cortisol level goes up. Your body signals to your brain that it's starving, so your metabolism slows down. And you're going to end up, you know what it feels like to have overeaten and feel like crap. Uh, uh, Like a couch
0: potato. I just don't want to move. Okay, one of the seven deadly sins is gluttony. T.J. Wilk. Why am I being... You're being hauled (laughs) into this because we have a cheat day, and you and I go to In-N-Out Burger, (laughs) and we have two double-doubles.
3: Okay, but here's the thing people need to realize is you work hard throughout the week to train, so you actually deserve this meal. It's actually healthy, I think, to have at least one cheat meal a week, maybe two at the most. It exercises your metabolism, people. I mean, you don't always want to eat... You know, a strict, healthy, nutritious chicken
0: breast and broccoli. Yeah, I mean,
3: exactly. Exactly. You got to exercise your your mind and your and your you know, your psychological point of view on things and and, and eating. I think a cheeseburger every now and then, and I and I, I emphasize every now and then. because it does rejuvenate your body. It, it does. helps you
2: have a better relationship with food in general. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's
3: right.
0: in and out Burger is my thing. in and out Burger, if you're listening, you should advertise on my show because I will talk about you all day long. And by the I way, in and out Burger is a
3: really healthy burger as opposed to, say, you know, other fast food restaurants like Burger King, yeah, yeah. Wendy's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. McDonald's. <laughs> all right, so what yeah. are the
0: big no-nos? Thanksgiving is coming next week. Right. What are the big no-nos? Are there any big no-nos?
3: There are, um, but here's the thing. What I want to do, is I want people, your listeners to know that um, it's okay to sort of, I, I don't want to say gorge yourself, but you want to eat, you want to enjoy the time with your friends and your family and your loved ones. And um, you want to be able to eat and participate in what people are eating. So here's what I suggest. The morning of Thanksgiving, go to the gym, go for a long walk, you know, burn some calories, burn some fat. Uh, that way you go in already hungry and you feel like, man, I've already had a great workout. Like, I deserve to eat and enjoy this. And then after you eat your Thanksgiving dinner, whether you stuff yourself or not, go
2: for a walk. It's my favorite thing to do after Thanksgiving is gather everyone together and go for a walk as a group. It speeds up your metabolism, improves your digestion. It's good for your relaxation um, and your mind and your connecting with people around you. Exactly.
3: And then, you know, you can have your dessert afterwards and then go for another walk. (laughs) I mean, really, there's ways around, you know, having these these kinds of meals where you, you can make it worth your while and not feel so guilty about it.
2: The other no-no is to you don't have to eat something just because it's there. Plan your indulgences. You know what you're really looking forward to. So get your plate, first of all, fill it up halfway with vegetables first. <laughs> okay. Halfway That's with good, veggies. Yeah. I'm not talking about green bean casserole or spinach artichoke yeah. dip, but I'm talking about the root vegetables too, even potatoes and all of those things. And then the other half, just put the thing you really love and want to enjoy and savor them and when you have that dessert you want that piece of pumpkin pie choose one thing that you love you don't have to put the ice cream on top do one or the other. It's what I say to people if they're going to have a big Christmas morning breakfast. You don't have to have the bacon and the sausage. Choose one.
0: Right, right, yeah. And
2: then the morning of, do have a healthy breakfast. Do exercise more. Drink more water. Have some fiber to feel satiated and happy. Right. What
0: about sweets? There's Hanukkah gelt. There's you know Christmas candy. Right.
2: Alcohol. So alcohol has a lot of calories. Yeah. People want right. to enjoy their cocktails. If you're going to have a cocktail, mix it with soda water instead of juice or something sweet and sugary and creamy. And every other drink, have a full glass of water to rehydrate yourself. And again, you plan your sweets. You don't show up hungry. Otherwise, you will eat nothing but fat and sugar. So you have a little something before you go that has some lean protein, some healthy fat, and some fiber to satiate you. And then you'll plan where you want to have your little bit of sweet. And you won't have it every single day. You'll exercise a little bit more, and you'll have it that day on the occasion and you'll enjoy it and you'll be so proud of yourself for doing it that way
3: right yeah clearly she doesn't know what she's
0: talking about really. <laughs> <laughs> clearly she doesn't have a clue all right what about people that are traveling let's say like you know like here in los angeles we we think okay going to the gym i'm just going to do it three or four times right a week, but it's that time of the year people are hopping on planes right to get to the airport so two hours.
3: so here's what nap. i suggest yeah before you leave to go on your trip go on google And find out the gyms that are in the area of where you're going to be staying. Google has every, like you can find anything on Google, and this is just a very simple search. There's probably going to be gyms in the area that are going to be near you, and call them up and find out what their hours are, what their, you know, their. Their fee is to use their facility. Just plan ahead, and then uh, maybe they'll have some images online. You know, Google Images, look up the gym and see what they have in the in there for equipment. So you can already know what to expect when you get there, and you can sort of plan your workout around the equipment that you know is going to be there.
2: But you don't even have to leave your house or hotel room. There's so many no. ways to work out online yoga pilates hit workouts there's so much access online i almost never go to the gym and i work out every day you have a lot of options start the day with it do it first thing and then move on and you'll be happy
0: all right just sitting here listening to you two i'm feeling more and more unhealthy because i'm not moving around (laughs) i'm just sitting in a chair You will be today at four o'clock sir pull your navel (laughs) to (laughs) (laughs) your (laughs) (laughs) spine yeah (laughs) all right Uh, we'll be back after the commercial break you're listening us here on the new channel q
1: selling a little Up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
0: Welcome back, gang. You're listening to us on the new channel Q, and we are talking about the holidays coming up and the do's and don'ts for physical health. Pride, anger, greed, gluttony, lust, envy, sloth, the seven deadly sins. <laughs> and John and we Duran. Are, and, and they all apply. <laughs> and we are focusing on gluttony today, the sin of gluttony. But we were just talking over the break about besides physical health, there's also mental health and That's spiritual right. health. Because the holidays bring up a lot of emotions
2: for people. They're not a happy time for everyone. Very we want to think about them as a happy time, but it brings up a lot of stuff with family and not everyone is in nice weather and that can be a damper on your mood. It's incredibly important to keep moving, to keep exercise as a part of your everyday regimen um, for your mental well-being and for your spiritual well-being. And when you connect mind-body connection, which is everything, um, that is includes spiritual health that mindfulness and being aware of your breath and your movement that's going to boost those happiness hormones i was talking about serotonin and dopamine keep you making healthy choices keep you feeling relaxed lower your cortisol levels. It also has has a great effect on how you sleep, and better sleep is gonna keep you happier and keep your cortisol levels down.
0: Very good advice. So let's say people are heading into the holidays and they're already feeling depressed about, oh my God, I gotta see the family, or I'm gonna be stuck, I'm not gonna be with my friends. What advice, guys?
2: Plan on something you know you enjoy for yourself, whether it's meditation, whether it's getting out and going for a run, whether it's turning on the music and dancing, um, but you have to plan something that brings you joy. And TJ Walk,
0: that's cars, matchbox cars and tracks.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Tell them. Oh my God. This is one of my favorite things about you. Oh, I collect matchbox cars. I've been doing it since I was probably, I don't know, five, six years old. And uh, we have this huge racetrack that my brother and I set. My brother's eight years older than I am, and um, we're just kids. You in have to candy see it to home. believe yeah, it. It's yeah, unbelievable. It's quite every sad. year, the Leo on his phone. yeah, every year we outdo ourselves with this racetrack. I buy more track, and we have loops and. Hairpin turns, which are like 90 degree turns. It, yep. It's so much fun. This is a 40 year old man
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, yep.
3: Yeah, but yep. here, but look it ties into what you guys are talking about as far as mental health get tapping into your childlike Things or or anything that whatever makes you brings happy. you joy, and I'll say this too I think it's very important for people that are struggling with especially around the holidays uh, I really encourage people to s- start writing into a journal The moment you wake up, before you even have breakfast, just write three pages, no more, no less. Just three pages of whatever is on your mind to help relieve that stress. This is really a conversation between you, yourself, and God. So you got to be honest with yourself in these three pages. No one's going to read it, you know, and then do this every day. Make this a habit. Don't just do it for the holidays, but make it a habit. And then look back three months um, later and see what concerns and what things bothered you at that time. Sort of like a check-in to see, like, your progress, you know, with, with your own health and things you've achieved and, you know, how you've overcome it. This, these things really help with, I think, mental health big time. Yep.
2: And practicing gratitude. Practicing mm. gratitude is proven to boost your mood and your happiness hormones. Yeah, be and, thankful. And what I do in the morning, the first thing I do when I wake up, first thing, but I don't grab my phone. I think of three things that happened the day before that I'm grateful for. And then I think of three ways that I could follow my joy today. And even if it's something simple, like I'll I'll get some pages written in my journal, or I'll come do your radio show, or I'll get a yoga class in. Um, but three things you're grateful for, and three ways you can follow your joy, and it will you start your day on such a different foot than if you grab your phone first thing and shut your brain down into that world. Yeah,
0: you know, it, I'm a big cyclist. I like cycling. Let's talk about cardio. For I not know a you second. liked cycling. Yes, mm. I do the AIDS Life Cycle every year. We so love cardio.
3: Cardio I'm trainer. I didn't know this. <laughs> How much cardio is
0: appropriate?
2: It's about somebody? quality cardio, yes. more what than is it, quantity. What, what is so, that? Thir- so you could do 30 minutes of cardio if you're within that, doing some intervals where you're putting your heart into a sprint-like capacity. So, you for a minute you go as hard as you can, for a minute you cool it down. So, do that warm up for 10 minutes, do those 10 intervals minute on minute off and that's a 30 minute cardio session right there if you have 20 do 20 just do some quality intervals if you have longer that's fine but keep your levels at different levels you don't want to stay on one level the whole time oh that's good i say know. three to five times a week
3: yeah mix it up too yeah you want to keep it challenging for yourself um not just physically but mentally otherwise you're going to fall into a rut where oh gosh i have to do this again You know, change it up.
0: Now, TJ, I'm going to brag for you for a second. You're Uh a cover of Men's Health and Fitness, or, I mean, you're in magazines all the time. I see the pictures. You're like every gay boy's dream guy. (laughs) And you're not gay, but you're our
3: dream guy anyway. How much cardio do you do? So here's what I do, guys. Um, A lot of people tend to think that cardio should be, you know, before you actually hit the weights. I I would say most people that I come in contact with exercise this way. I actually do the reverse. I get my weights in first because I want to have as much energy as possible so that I can lift heavy weights. I like to lift heavy. so, what I do is I do my cardio immediately after I lift weights. I'm already in like in the fat burning zone by that point. I've used all the car, you know all the energy I have to lift heavy weights. So at the very end, all I have left is is really nothing. so i'm I'm fat burning by that point. So I get on like an elliptical machine or a recumbent bike, something simple, and I'll just pedal or, or I'll walk, you know about sixty to seventy percent of of my energy output on uh, for like 15 to 20 minutes yeah and uh, I mean I've come away feeling great I don't feel um, like I've overextended myself or I can't even walk or you know I drive a, a six-speed car so um, you know the sexy shift.
0: black Corvette <laughs> if you see a hot guy in a sexy black Corvette with TJ Wilk on the
3: plates, <laughs> that's him <laughs> it's me um, so I tend to do my cardio afterwards and I find that to be the most effective
0: What about core, Jessica? I think core is like your big... A lot of women want to tight core, but so do a lot
2: of men. Uh, My my title is the core expert. There you go. So it's all about... um, It's more than just your abdominal muscles, obviously. And it's about core strength and core stability. Stability is what's really key and what's often forgotten because, you know, core has become this buzzword. So we attend to our core in a way that's going to keep our body stable and highly functioning. So there's a balance there between core strength and core stability. My method is rooted in Pilates, but I tie in biomechanics and strength and conditioning and um, all the elements that one needs to build a strong and stable core and body. And I also, um, speaking of mind, body, spirit, it's really also about the core of who you are and what your body needs on this specific day at this specific age. Um, And that also applies to the mental well-being side of things. Um, You have to know who you are and where you are on this particular day and, and give yourself some love. On Thanksgiving, if you eat too much, you don't have to beat yourself up a slip isn't necessarily a fall right, right. so give yourself some love self practice self-love
0: if people want to get a hold of you tell us your twitter handle jessica or your facebook or your tell them how to reach instagram
2: you. at jessica shots j-e-s-s-i-c-a-s-c-h-a-t-z jessicashots.com twitter and facebook at body by jessica and tj how do
0: we get
3: a hold of you yeah mine is at got wilk g-o-t-w-i-l-k all right, cool. And I if you go, to
0: his, you go to his social media, you'll see him and I doing comedy oh, videos. and
3: that's the thing. If you're having a bad day, just watch <laughs> just our videos. <laughs> just watch our videos. That'll <laughs> bring you happiness It just, just perk enjoy, you up. That's
0: for sure. <laughs> I want to thank you both for being here to give our listeners just a preview of what to expect for the holidays. you. And just stay you. happy yes, and healthy. You. Yes, sir. And everybody with a joyous new year. Thanks.
3: Yes, uh, yes.
2: Happy holidays. Happy
3: holidays, everybody. You're listening to us here on the new Channel Q. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to us here on the new channel Q1031. FM in Palm Springs, 97.3 in San Francisco, 94.1 in Vegas, 97.1 here in L.A., 94.7 in Sacramento, and 101.5 Phoenix and Radio.com. Well, that was a great little session we had with Jessica Schatz and T.J. Wilk. And uh, I, I mean, what an important reminder that it's not just about physical health and watching what you eat, but it's about mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, especially during the holidays. Now, the holidays, as my guests were saying, are very complex. There are times of great joy, times of great love, times of great happiness, a lot of nostalgia, being a child at Hanukkah or Christmas or Santa Claus, or maybe coming from a place where they actually have seasons in snow, like here in Southern California. But besides all that, they can also bring uh, great bouts of depression and sadness. I, you know, I have to confess, this is going to be a very difficult holiday for me personally and for my, my family. My mother passed away in March, and uh, she was the center of my family. And we're going to have the first Thanksgiving and the first Christmas without her. And uh, I don't even know how to begin to process that. I don't even I, like I, I think about it, and I put it on the shelf. I'm like, I can't even think about that right now. And the reality is, there's probably no great way to think about that. It's incredible loss, and uh, she's going to be missed. And I know it's going to be hard for my father, and my siblings, and all the grandkids, and even the great grandkids, not having mom there. But. Uh, We are gonna get through it, and we are going to have our Thanksgiving celebration. I called my dad and said, Dad, you want us to move to another house, or my sister's home, or anywhere else other than your home? Because it's always been at mom and dad's house. And he's like, absolutely not. Your mother would want it right here. And so we're gonna do it right there. And what'll happen? I'm sure there'll be tears. There's gonna be tears, but not to the point of deep and dark depression. And what I know about LGBT people is that uh, during the holidays, Uh, For those uh, of us that are living in recovery, uh, that there are a lot of relapses and slips that happen around the holidays where emotions just overwhelm people in their mental well-being and their spiritual health, and it's a time for relapse. And so as we are approaching this holiday season, uh, if you're, you're sober, I hope you stay sober. Plenty of meetings, plenty of people to call and talk to. And uh, if you're not somebody in uh, recovery, but you're experiencing depression, I just want to say the same thing. Uh, We, as LGBT people, have biological families, some of whom are great and loving, and we love them deeply, Uh, like me. I, I actually have a biological family like that. But my experience over these many decades of working in the LGBT community and movement is that not everybody has that gift. And and many of us have had to create families of choice. And families of choice are also very important. So... I hope that we're all thinking right now about who we want to spend the holidays with. I know for Thanksgiving, my Thanksgiving lunch will be at my father's house with my family. And we're going to have a great nostalgic celebration and think of mom dearly and miss her and, and do all that. And then after that, I have got a lesbian poker game plan because that is what I do every Thanksgiving. I play poker with lesbians and I, I lose. I'm just going to say it. I lose I don't have a poker face I get two aces and it's all over my face that I've got two aces and and the lesbians I play with are brutal at Texas Hold'em and uh, it's an annual tradition I can hardly wait I love playing poker with lesbians every straight man should it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be great and then of course uh, you know the whole Christmas time and whether you celebrate Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Christmas or solstice, or none of the above, or Santa and Frosty, it doesn't matter. It's the holidays, for goodness sake. And, uh, oh my goodness, Miracle on 34th Street, and It's a Wonderful Life. Yes, I'm going to watch them both, and I know exactly the moment in each film where I'm going to shed a tear, because it happens every year. And there's just something about the touchstone of this holiday period that no matter the level of sadness or no matter the level of depression, there's always a touchstone available to connect with uh, to take in the bigger, broader picture of what reality really is. So I hope you're planning already your Hanukkah season or your Christmas season or your Solstice season or your Kwanzaa season beginning December 26th or whatever it is that you celebrate and who you're gonna celebrate with, and uh, make those plans. And keep those plans and make sure that you have a very happy and joyous holiday celebration coming up. And you know what? This is no time for pride. Please. Nobody should sit back, including me, and wait to be invited anywhere. Uh, Make the call uh, because I think just making the call, people love to have the outreach and be talked to and be included in holiday plans. And I also know exactly what I'm doing on Christmas Day. Christmas Day, I will be in Simi Valley with four women that I've gone to, I've stayed in touch with all these years since high school, uh, and they're all grandmothers now, and I date twinks. That's the only thing we have in common along that level. Uh, kidding, kids. But uh, looking forward to spending Christmas Day with them because that's what we do every year. So... No depression, no sadness. Let's all plan for a happy and joyous holiday season. Starts with you and with me. And we're all going to have a very happy holiday you're listening to us here at the new Channel Q.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
3: Welcome back everybody.
0: You're listening to us here on the new channel Q broadcasting in Palm Springs, San Francisco, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Sacramento, Phoenix, and of course on radio.com. And we are going to spend the second segment of our show here talking to some of our LGBT seniors and I asked Trip Mills from the Los Angeles LGBT Center to bring uh, a resident from Triangle Square. Welcome Trip. Hey, thank and, you. I'm Great to be here. Glad you're here. And welcome Phyllis. And Bob, Uh, welcome to the show. Oh, great to be here. I'm glad you guys are here. Tripp, let's start with you. Maybe tell some of our listeners who aren't from Los Angeles, what is Triangle Square?
4: Well, first of all, I want to say this is really great to be on your show, and I'm just like so happy for you, because I've known John for a long time, so congratulations on the show. Thank you. Um, Triangle Square Apartments is located in Hollywood. It was opened in 2007. It's the first affordable housing project for LGBT older adults in the country. but it's also I would I would say it's the first of its kind in the world. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, we've been the LGBT Center has been working with the project since its uh, opening but we provide we've been providing services there since 2014. That's when I came on board. Um, it's 104 units. Wow. everyone is 62 and older um, we have a lot of people there with a very rich history of the LGBT movement Robert is one of them and uh, so we're really glad to be here um, uh, the organ the uh, we're building more affordable housing for LGBT seniors as we speak we're about to start construction on that next month at the Anita May Rosenstein campus which is part of the Los Angeles LGBT Center too that's part of an intergenerational project that we're doing so it's all very exciting! Really that, cool. That's
0: really our that, very young, and of course, our seniors who are aging. And so, let's, Phyllis, let's start with you. I mean, you're from Midwest. Is that what you said? Oh no, I'm
5: from New York. You're New York, New York, New Jersey, <laughs> New York, New Jersey. Yeah, I love it. I can love you it. hear?
0: it? You probably can hear it. Yeah. now I can hear it. Yes, now right I can right. hear it. When did you come out? You came out in New York, or when you came here to Los and Angeles?
5: So, um, you know, it's a, it's an interesting story how I came out because so many things had happened to me and. And, you know, there were no lesbian images. There were no gay images, you know. And if I had seen them, if I had known, I would have never done what I did at 19. I got married for a minute. <laughs> All right. Because then I found out that there was a valid lifestyle. And once I found that out, there was no turning back.
0: And when I mean, was this? The nineteen. And so this is
5: in the, I got married, I got married actually the day after, the day after, before no, the day after uh, JFK was shot,
0: nineteen sixty-three. That's right, sixty-three.
5: Wow, that's right. And Bob,
0: where did where did you come out, Bob? And when? What time? Well, I guess the main
6: time was just after, a year after Stonewall. Wow, nineteen
0: seventy. And and where were you? I, I was in New York City. Another New Yorker. I <laughs> well, love yeah. this. I love this. What was life like in New York, if you two would share about that? Life in New York for LGBT, LGBT people in the 1960s.
5: It was liberal. It was, it was liberal enough. Uh, I remember coming into the city, because I was living in New Jersey at the time, and, and looking for a lesbian bar, and it was called the Sea Colony. And I asked a policeman, because I couldn't find, I didn't, couldn't find it and he said to me oh you don't want to go there that's and I a lesbian said, bar yeah and i went mm, yes i do, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I yes, do. Please. Yes, yes please yes please sir <laughs> and i and i you know I, he, he did show me and i went and i walked into this bar and it was like a tuesday night or something like that and and there were three other lesbians sitting there and i just sat at the bar because i didn't know what to do and they called me down, you know, they were looking at me and they called me down. They said, What are you? Are you a butcher or femme? And I, and I was like, Oh, well uh, I had no idea what it was <laughs> so, so, so then they they explained what it was and it seems that the, the butch got all the you know, got everything done for her and the and the femme did, you know, had to do all the work. So I said, Well, I'm a butch
0: <laughs> I don't blame you. Good for you. Bob Tripp alluded to the fact that you've got a little bit of history with you. Tell, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
6: Well, my gay life really started when I was 18. I lived near enough to New York City that weekends my life was New York City and not the small town of Wilkesbury where I was born and raised. But I had family background in radio and fact, at age 18, I was a, a radio announcer in that part of Pennsylvania. Wow. So oh. uh, family is a radio family. Yeah.
0: Now, there were secret people lived secret lives back
6: then, right? In New
0: York City, you had a dual life, double life?
6: Absolutely. Uh, there was no such thing as coming out or being identified. So if you were gay, like I was as a young man, you lived near enough to New York City that you had a way of expressing yourself and finding other people because back home and it was a no no i mean everything back then you were you were that terrible thing you were a queer hmm and the world just
0: despised you. It was a very unpleasant time. I mean, we kind of have an image of that from the movie The Boys in the Band. The Boys in the Band, I think kind of portrays that period of time in New York. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yes yeah. it does. Yeah. But but uh, Phyllis, you were married for a minute and then you got unmarried, I assume. Is that would happen. Yeah,
5: or? it it was See, that's the one thing I regret. I didn't regret marrying him, but if I had known I would have never done that. And instead, I had to involve this really nice guy. He was really nice. I would have had a very nice life with him, I know. But I just, it wasn't right for me. But when I told him about it, he said to me, listen, go out and do what you want to do. He said, just come home to me. And I thought about it for a minute again, and I decided that it wasn't right for him and it really wasn't right for me that that wasn't the kind of life I wanted.
0: Right, yeah, you yeah. wanted to be honest. Yes, honest I wanted up. I wanted that. Did either of you ever think we'd see marriages? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no, <laughs> no. no. never, never in our say, <laughs> I must say,
6: I worked hard towards marriage. It was high on the list of things I was doing when I was younger. Tell us about that, that must have been
0: interesting because it was probably just a dream far, far, far away.
6: Yes, it was because I was aware of being gay at a very young age, around, you know, I really, my life started at 18 because New York City was nearby. But even back then, this was uh, pre-Stonewall, pre, you know, real changes. Mm -hmm. So it was just, you were living an underground life and... uh, Life was mostly settled
0: around gay bars in right. New York City. Los Angeles, too. I think maybe every mm-hmm. city that's where we met in bars and nightclubs. Right? That's right. Yeah. 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 Or, or the baths. Okay, but I, now I'm... Now I, <laughs> we
3: didn't now the I, baths. No, the lesbians did not...
0: Actually, there's a story. There was one night at the Hollywood Spa Bathhouse with lesbian night. And my, oh. my friends, Georgia Garrett Norris, Marjorie Rushforth, Sheila Williams, this group of lesbians, demanded a lesbian night at the bathhouse. The owner finally re- said, okay, you can have a lesbian night. We'll give you a Tuesday. And they, uh, all these women were sitting in the jacuzzi, talking and talking and talking. And they finally said, do you think this is what the boys do when they're here at the bathhouse? And the other said, no, no, you know what they do in this jacuzzi? They got out of that jacuzzi so fast, that was the one and only lesbian night at the Hollywood (laughs) spot. No more lesbian nights at the bathhouse. (laughs) so wild. Were either of you bullied as teens or kids or back then coming out? Or is that part of your story, too?
5: Um, I really wasn't. uh, You know, I I was always... um, I guess we were called tomboys at the time, you know, and so I was always out there doing, playing sports and. And hanging out with the boys. In fact, I really liked hanging out with the boys. I mean, when I was a teenager, I would hang out at the gasoline station with them, and we would <laughs> and we would change motors and you know, do tires. They would they would teach me how to do things, and I I do it for. Them. And they liked it because they didn't have to work. I was doing the work, <laughs> but I was having fun, and I always enjoyed being with them. So I really wasn't bullied because of that. And it was a small community. Right. You know, it was a Jersey Shore community. Jersey. Hmm. And it was, you know, life was easy for me because I've always been outgoing, too. Yeah.
0: Uh, Bob, we've got about a minute left, but when we come back from the break, you, you use the word queer, which, of course, today some of the young kids use it as an identifier of a sense of pride around it, but I'm guessing when it was used in your time, it was not a it very pleasant thing. It was the ultimate thing. horror or insult. All right, we're going to go to commercial break. We're going to pick up right there when we come back. You're listening to us here on the new Channel Q Welcome back. You're listening to us here on the new channel Q Palm Springs, San Francisco, Vegas, LA, Sacramento, Phoenix, and radio.com. And we are just having a gay old time here <laughs> in the studio with Phyllis and Bob and Tripp. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they're such fascinating people. And I keep saying, save it for the show. Don't talk yet. You're going to have to repeat everything all over again. But before we went to commercial break, Bob, we were talking about the word queer being a pejorative word, actually, at yes, a time when you were raised rather so. than something that was. Worn as a symbol of pride. Were you bullied as a teenager when you came out? Oddly enough, I never was, which
6: always seemed strange to me. For some reason, I missed that, but I didn't miss all the rest of the oppression <laughs> right. and all the dreadful things that could happen. So I was never about to say to someone, I
0: was queer. And gay really hadn't quite come into vogue
6: yet. So no, wasn't homo- even there. Well,
0: homosexuality was against the law in all fifty states because of the sodomy statutes. And yeah. there are about five hundred people,
6: roughly, as a good example of what happened. It was a criminal thing. It didn't matter about you know basic human rights. Right. If you were gay, you could be arrested. And the local district attorney had taken that up as a crusade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I say, I had to handle, well, I was the director moved over to the producer's seat for the day that the uh, district attorney came on. And what he was doing was provoking and saying, now, if you know anyone who's homosexual, Give us a call, literally. That's what he was saying. It was, you know,
0: wow. it was a drive against gay people and lesbians. Well, and it came out of McCarthyism, of course, in the 1950s. Yes. Senator Joe McCarthy. So right. was all about communists and homosexuals <laughs> hidden in Hollywood, <laughs> D.C., and New York. That that was the whole campaign. Yes, yeah, that's we were. Actually, the lewd conduct statutes. So a lot of lewd conduct reform had to happen because back then lewd conduct was identified by both New York police and L.A. police as same-sex dancing. Two people dancing in a club was considered lewd in their eyes and they were arresting our people for just dancing in public.
5: Oh, I, yeah. I remember being in a lesbian bars in New York City and having the police come in and they would always tell you, take your hands off of her. Right. You, you couldn't know? touch. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't yeah, you touch. They in, in the bars themselves, you know, they it was amazing. They would walk around and they would just be intimidating you.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah the crazy, crazy times. I but know. we've come so far. I mean, talk about things to be grateful for.
5: Oh, I love it. When yeah. I watch the Pride march and I see all the policemen
0: walking around and <laughs> being happy
5: and yeah. actually it's, waving at it's us. It's so and, true. And, and, you know. yeah.
0: I, I saw a bunch of them on a float and then I realized they weren't actually policemen. They were just dressed as policemen. Oh. But they looked, they looked amazing.
6: They looked amazing. Anyway. That was rather like the firemen on the float in <laughs> <laughs> the last Gay Pride parade. Now,
0: Bob, you... Are are also a member of the clergy, right? Yeah, American Catholic. Tell, I mean, I think a lot of our listeners, a lot of LGBT people, have a struggle with spirituality and homosexuality because of religious teachings they might have been raised in and trying to reconcile the two. Mm-hmm. That happened for you or people you know, or oh, yeah,
6: absolutely.
0: But for me,
6: it was always, I am who I am, and so it made me become a gay activist in New York City. And I was, my funny story is I was almost at Stonewall.
0: You <laughs> <laughs> <I> missed out. <laughs> <laughs> he could have been bullied, you see, he had just shown up that night.
6: Well, I actually was there on the second night, oh. not knowing it was going on, mm. and John, my lover, my life's companion, we were just, oh, like a few hundred feet away from where the demonstration was going on. And he said, Oh, there's something happening down there. Uh, I'll go look. And he came back to me and said, Well, there's police there, and there's these gay guys kicking their feet up at the police. And he said, I don't, you know, kicking the police. Let's c- continue going home. Yeah. <laughs> so I missed Stonewall yeah. in oh. the actual sense. It was wow. happening so near. and uh, mm. we continued on home because we didn't think we wanted to confront the police and kick at them. We hadn't known
0: that Stonewall had erupted literally. Yeah, I mean yeah. there's kick lines on Broadway but that was probably <laughs> the wrong kind of kick line to get get in, in the middle of, yeah.
6: And, but the interesting thing is, was within two, three days, the world had changed. Mm -hmm. Stonewall was so dramatic a point that within a few days, you know, the world had changed. And I remember saying to John, I'm never going back. I'm never going back to the way things were. And they never did go back. I that, mean, it was yes. the start That's of a this so, new world.
0: So true. And I have to pay tribute to the black cat, because the black cat here in Los Angeles had actually been raided by the LAPD two years prior to Stonewall. And oh, there was police. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty common, I think, in gay and lesbian bars all across the country. But right. that June night in New York, 1969, Judy Garland had just died. Mm -hmm. People were, you know, feeling the blues and drinking at the Stonewall Inn and in came the New York police just one more time and they fought back. They resisted. Yes. Now, you use the word tomboy, Phyllis, Uh you identified as a tomboy. Uh Uh, What I'm always curious about is I think really masculine appearing women or feminine gay men take the brunt of the brutality, like if you can fit in, if you can sort of look passable, you're you're largely invisible. But if you're extremely effeminate as a male, or extremely masculine as a female, you become a target for people. You appear to me to be pretty normal. I mean, whatever that, whatever that means. <laughs> oh, no! But you, but, but you said tomboy, so I, I, you must have addressed yourself and kept yourself in a way that you took on those masculine qualities, or? Well, how would you describe it?
5: Well, I think it's always much harder for the little boys being effeminate. Yeah. I think All right. So, some too. of the stories I've heard are just horrible. Um, but for me, being a girl, you know, I think um, I looked like a girl, you know. But it, it's really showing confidence. All right. A lot of little girls don't show confidence. All right so I think it was just because I was confident and people liked me and they and they just accepted me because I was in, I was always there you know I'm in
0: a small community it's it's easier that's so awesome. Well, Phyllis and Bob, it has been such a pleasure to have you both here. The time flew by too quickly. Wow, we could have done another pleasure. another 20 minutes. Thank you for coming out today and spending time with us right. right before Thanksgiving. trip and the LGBT Center, thank you for all you you're do. You're welcome.
4: What a pleasure. Thank you. Thank we'll you have for you all back some other yes. time. Yes, this, <laughs> this is fun.
0: This is great. So you're listening to us here on the new Channel Q. Welcome back, gang. Thank God it's Friday. I'm so glad the weekend is here. I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. What a great little segment we just had with Phyllis and Bob, two of our seniors from the Triangle Square at the LGBT Center here in Los Angeles. Uh, Man, they were just full of life. During the breaks, they were just talking away. And uh, just the miracle of having the opportunity to live from a period of time where homosexuality was criminalized to full marriage today, and U.S. Senators. Yes, we have two LGBT U.S. Senators now, Tammy Baldwin in Wisconsin and Kristen Cinema in Arizona. It's unbelievable the amount of change that has occurred in such a short period of time. But you know, Phyllis mentioned something that I just want to hit on for just a bit. And she talked about the fact that in her opinion, and I share her opinion, the largest segment of brutality, uh, besides against trans, uh, transgendered people, because transgender people, they're their own category. They get bullied and, and really tortured all the time for simply being trans. But the segment of uh, gay and lesbian that seems to get a lot of the attention from the haters are effeminate gay men. Uh, and her point was much more so than masculine women uh, you know B Arthur's character Maud Dorothy on the Golden Girls masculine woman doesn't seem to push the buttons of those who hate uh, who hate against LGBT people but an effeminate presentation of a man uh, seems to really push the buttons of primarily primarily straight men and there's actually a scientific, examination of that phenomena and why it occurs. There have been studies after studies about uh, LGBT candidates and their runs for office, including one that was done at USC about 20 years ago. Uh, And why, what is the phenomena that occurs that it's almost easier in some ways for lesbian women to get elected to office rather than gay men. I mean, we've got, you know, a lesbian woman in Wisconsin, we've got a uh, U.S. senator now, bisexual U.S. senator from Arizona. Uh, but uh, for, and, and there's a reason. And when, when we've had focus groups and polling done on LGBT candidates, when it comes to gay men or lesbians and, and people start to put labels, knowing nothing about the person, nothing, just this is a lesbian candidate, this is a gay candidate, what do you think of him or her? With lesbians, often words come up like tomboy, pixie-like, uh, funny, uh, humorous, uh, you know, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, you know, those sort of endearing words. But when a gay male candidate is presented, the words and labels that came up in these focus groups and polling were sexual predator, aggression, uh, uh words that seem to to focus on the sexual edge of gay men and the scientists the social scientists who were looking at this confronted people and said you don't know anything about their lives you don't know are they monogamous you don't know if they're in a relationship you don't know if they have any dating or sexual experiences even going on why are you attaching these labels in the way that you are well when it came to gay men with the words aggression sexual predator Uh, promiscuous, those sort of labels being attached, they went deeper and they discovered that it was mostly straight men who were the most bothered by this. And when they dug just a little deeper about what is it? Well, it's the way they have sex. And the researchers were, okay, assuming that they have sex, what is it about the way? Well, because they have sex, quote, like a woman, end quote, like a woman. The sexual concept or idea going on in the minds of the potential brutes and and bullies out there is that having sex, quote unquote, like a woman, is something to be despised or hated or targeted. And, And what does that mean? That means at the root of homophobia, you will find misogyny. Misogyny and homophobia are directly linked to one another. Those who hate effeminate gay men also hate women who in any way show any power or dominance or maturity or responsibility or leadership, that those who hate effeminate gay men equally hate the idea of Nancy Pelosi being Speaker of the House. We just went through an amazing campaign season, and in every race where it was a toss-up between Democrats and Republicans, Nancy Pelosi became one of the issues. Will you vote for Nancy Pelosi as the speaker? Nancy Pelosi, you're going to become a pawn of Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi. It's like, wait, why are you all picking on poor Nancy Pelosi? Speaker of the House before, very dynamic, powerful, prominent woman, uh, got Obamacare through the U.S. Congress, uh, has been an effective leader, but Nancy Pelosi became a target for a lot of the Republican voting base. Why? Because she was exhibiting traits or characteristics that you would normally, you would, I wouldn't, you would associate with a male candidate, that somehow it's okay for a man to be domineering and responsible and aggressive, but if a woman does that, There's something to be shameful about that, or she's not acting proper. And doesn't that get into the whole idea then of gender and the roles that are assigned to gender, that somehow men should be blank, women should be blank, and if you cross that line, then we're going to target you for violating our father-knows-best model of 1950s life in America, which, by the way, never existed except on television. That is what is at the root of homophobia, misogyny. So, while we're out fighting homophobia, pick up another weapon and another shield for misogyny. They are directly linked to each other. Those that go after women and women's rights and abortion rights and equality for women and equal pay for women are equally going against LGBT people for the same issues, for the same reasoning, for the same fears and the same patterns of thought and behavior. So if you ever think that we're not linked, look more closely. Look at the social science. And the whole Nancy Pelosi debate that's going on right now in the Democratic caucus, yeah, maybe it's time for new leadership. Ah, oh, Nancy Pelosi's been there too long. Oh, I'm not so sure. I told people I wouldn't vote for Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi's leadership just flipped 40, 40 seats in the U.S. Congress. If Newt Gingrich had done that in the other party, Flip 40 seats, and he did. People were celebrating, oh, he's visionary, oh, he's heroic, oh, look at the great things, he's Speaker of the House now, let's make him Speaker. But a woman does that, and suddenly she's questioned, time for new leadership. Everybody do a little self-check, everybody, and see, is there any misogyny in this in treating Nancy Pelosi any different than any other political leader? She's dynamic, she's smart, she's powerful. She will be the next Speaker of the House. You're listening to Sidebar with John Duran here on the new Channel Q. Welcome back, everybody. We're almost out of here. We're in the last uh, seven or eight minutes of the show, and want to leave everybody with a Thanksgiving greeting because we will not be here next Friday. We will be dark for the Thanksgiving holiday, so we wanted to, give people something to be grateful for, as you all scatter to the four corners of the nation to join family and friends. And it was nice to be reminded about mental health during the first segment of our show, and of course, listening to some of our seniors talk about all they're grateful for and the changes that they've seen in the LGBT community over the last 50 years. It's been quite a ride, quite a journey. But let's, let's just part with this, because I, you know, obviously at my show, Sidebar with John Duran, we focus on politics, law, culture, and health. That's what I look at. So we do a little bit of each of those today. But I gotta—I just got to finish up with politics. I just got to, because that's, that's me. I just got to do that. I, uh, at City Hall, West Hollywood, as some of you know, most of you know, I'm the mayor of the city of West Hollywood, California. And at City Hall, we got an unusual call this week. City manager called me to tell me that the FBI had called uh, City Hall to report that uh, they had done a search warrant on the home of the Florida pipe bomber and uh, got his computer and uh, discovered that he was researching uh, names and information of various individuals around the country and that one of the names on his list that he was looking into was mine, John Duran, mayor of the city of West Hollywood. Now, why would he care about a small-town mayor like me in a small town of 35,000 people in Southern California? well i did sort of give the key to the city to stormy daniels as a poke in the eye of donald trump and i did sort of get the trump balloon to fly over west hollywood park as a mockery before the elections and i did sort of host a town hall town hall meeting with michael avenatti to talk about the federal cases all right i get it obviously that he picked up on one or all of those stories And put me on a list so the FBI told me to please be cautious and keep my eyes and ears open and if I see or hear anything suspicious or unusual to contact them and there you have it and you would think oh god all right John please be careful of course I'll be careful I've been doing battle against the right wing for 40 years I'm always careful but what is the point of the story I am grateful that I live in a country where we can dissent openly from the most powerful person in the nation, arguably, President of the United States, that we can criticize him, we can very vocally express our outrage and even disgust at some of the actions coming out of the Oval Office this day, not only on LGBT issues, but on immigration and on judicial appointments and on protecting the sanctity of the FBI and the Justice Department and everything else that Donald Trump has done. And that the founders were smart enough to create a system of checks and balances that if ever an unruly tyrant or somebody who tried to make himself a dictator or a king with full executive power and privilege, that they provided a check and balance on that in the other two levels of government being equally as powerful, the legislative branch and the judiciary. And let's face it, the judiciary has been very busy in the last two years with Donald Trump protecting DACA students, stopping anti-immigrant efforts, stopping Muslim bans, keeping freedom of expression open. just today, a federal judge told Donald Trump to restore the press privileges to CNN and Jim Acosta. And so we've got the judiciary working at full tilt to keep this president... Uh, under control and check. But the people did something really incredible on election day. They flipped the House of Representatives, not by 10, not by 20, not by 30, but by almost, it looks like, 40 seats. Sending a very clear message to Donald Trump that the people of the United States, that this is a government by the people, of the people, and for the people, and will always be, and that our founders, made sure that we would have a system of checks and balances that if one part of the government ever became corrupt or dictatorial or really chaotic and vulgar at the same time, that the people had the ability to effectuate change and to stop it and to change course of the nation. The new Congress will be sworn in on January the 3rd, and the new Chairman of the House Intelligence Committee will be West Hollywood's own Adam Schiff, and the new Speaker of the House, San Francisco's Nancy Pelosi, and the new chair of the House Banking and Finance Committee covering things like, quote, tax returns, end quote, will be our own Maxine Waters here of Los Angeles. And we have more LGBT people now serving in the U.S. Congress, two members of the U.S. Senate, and we have sent our people and our allies to legislative houses all over the country So the system designed by the founders worked. It worked. And if you're wondering why Donald Trump is sitting around brooding in the White House, why he didn't greet the Prime Minister of Japan this past week, why he wasn't able to go to the commemoration of World War I soldiers who died while he was in Paris, why he has sent Mike Pence to appearance after appearance this week, he is brooding in the Oval Office and tweeting like a maniac and a fool about Russian hoax, Russian hoax, Russian hoax, Russian hoax. Russian hoax. Why? because it's Mueller time. Robert Mueller has been sitting very quietly hoping that this day would come, hoping that the elections would come out this way, that he would have the protection of the House of Representatives, the people's house, to protect him. And I gotta give it to Republican Senator Jeff Flake of Arizona, who told the Senate pro tem that if you don't pass the Protect the Special Counsel bill, I will not vote on another judge for confirmation thereby blocking all judicial appointments completely unless McConnell and the Republicans in the Senate agree to protect Robert Mueller. And that is exactly what is going to happen now. So I am grateful I live in a great country that has checks and balances. And we are going to head into 2019 into a raucous year. I am ready, are you, for a constitutional crisis between the man who is falsely holding the presidency of the United States, up against the people and the people's house. And we're going to have a battle royale that ultimately the courts are going to have to weigh into to decide whether or not the rule of law means that nobody, even Donald J. Trump, is above the law or the morals or the values of the United States of America. And for this, I am profoundly grateful. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you next time on the new Channel Q.